From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 336. Today's show is brought to you by Kane Eleven, Harry's, and Storyworth. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you today? Very good. I'm looking forward to hearing from our listeners today. Yeah, we've been slacking a little bit, but it's because we've been busy. So I don't know how those th- two things work together, but, but we've had so many topics. I know we've been had so many topics to cover during our last month and a half or so of episodes that we haven't gotten into any Ask TPA or an update on the Panatic Horror Story. So we're going to do all of that on this episode today. Yep. How does that sound? I think that sounds great. And we should kick right off with a ha- uh, hashtag Ask TPA. And the first question comes from Paul. And Paul wants to know, or Paul says, Gentlemen, it has become abundantly clear to me that the aspects of fountain pens that I care about most is the nib. After using German and American fine nibs for years and feeling that something was lacking, it was the humble Pilot Prera that blew my mind. Love at first right. I love Pilot EF nibs, but don't want to be limited to just one brand. The, the one pen store in my city doesn't carry Sailor pens because of the price. Uh, I'm in Canada. Buying one online without trying it first is an expensive gamble. Is it worth it or should I look at alternatives? All right. So let's discuss a couple of things here. I figured out the same thing Paul did with the nibs early on in my fountain pen journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I... Lamy Safari was kind of the first one for me, and German Extra Fine Nib at the time was the finest thing I thought I could buy, and I was relating it to my gel ink pens that were you know, 0.38 and 0.5 millimeters and going, wow, this line is super wide. It's like, it's fine, you know, not in line with, but it's okay to use, but it's not really the line that I want. The Pilot Prera was one of those nibs and pens that changed it for me that made me say, Oh, this is different. Why? And it's because Japanese use a different nib sizing scale. So the pilot nibs that are extra fine are fine in steel, which is what the prayer is are fantastic. So the question is, does Paul want to lock himself into like one brand and can he be safe in ordering these things online without trying it first. Mm -hmm. I would actually say that Pilot would be the one online online brand that I would trust implicitly to give me the most perfect nib out-of-the-box experience, no matter if you're going for a Metropolitan with a steel nib or like a 912 with a gold nib. I think universally... Pilot would be a brand that I would feel the most comfortable with going in blind, if you will. You know, if you like the barrel style and design, I think that nib is kind of the most trustworthy to buy blind. Um, do you have anything to say about uh, say about that? I think I'll mostly agree. Like I've, you know, I own many Sailor pens at this point, and I mm-hmm. haven't found any of them to be unreliable. Right. I've never had a problem with any of them. I have 12 of them, and they all write as exactly as I would expect them to. And I've yeah. never known of anyone that's had a problem with a sailor pen, to be honest. like Yeah. my I was going to say, my only hang-up is sailor nibs can be a little particular feel-wise if you're not used to them. They're firmer, I think, 
um, so you can get a little bit of different feedback than pilot. Um, so maybe I'm being a little safe in my answer, but I think that's that's where where it goes. But I mean, I'm with you on Sailor, but I also think that Sailor doesn't have the low end options that Pilot might offer. Yeah, I just don't Paul have wants to go too. enough experience with Pilot nibs. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but I mean, I would say Sailor. Personally, I would say Sailor. You'd be safe, but I would recommend maybe getting a fine, not an extra fine, just to be sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure on, on Sailor. Yeah. Pilot, um, the steel extra fine, man, that is such a good nib, um, and they do offer that in the gold nibs. But I, I like the steel extra fine better, I think, and I and the gold nibs, Pilot's gold nibs, I like the fine. So that's just me. So I don't know if we helped at all. The more we ramble, Paul, but I would feel very comfortable going with pilot blind if you will my pilots should not fly blind though i i do not approve of that you don't want to do that our next question comes from jacob jacob says i have a seven-year-old lefty daughter who is now trying a hand at fancy writing so i let her play with my 1.1 stub twisby eco any recommendations for a first fountain pen for her i'm looking at maybe the pelicano the limey abc or the pilot kakuno the pelicano has a lefty specific whatever that means this is a really good list. Like I'd feel they're all comfortable great. shopping. Yeah, they're all from great. This I mean, list. as well, like I don't know if Lamy do an ABC in left handed, but Lamy mm-hmm. do sell left handed nibs. So if like if mm-hmm. that was a thing you wanted to try, you could get an ABC and I think you can probably still switch out the nibs on the ABC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the I think they use the whatever that nib is called X fifty or something like that. It's just the the standard Lamy steel nib for everything up to like the AL star um, nib style. So you could swap those over. I have a question for you being a lefty and this is a curiosity for me, not, not knowing. And and I don't want to say something, you know, something wrong, but I wonder. So as a seven year old using a left hand specific nib and pen, would you I think it would help now in getting your handwriting better, but do you feel that would be a useful thing to use long term as a lefty who uses non lefty specific pens as you're older? Do you know understand what I'm getting at? Yeah, I mean I don't know if it would really be of any help to me now because I've used regular nibs for such a long time that I feel like mm-hmm trying to use something which is specifically tuned to being left-handed would be strange, right? Now, I've had Mm -hmm. pens tuned to my writing style, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure have some leaning towards being left. the fact that I'm left-handed, but it's a left-handed person who's established a writing style based upon using non-left-handed nibs. I don't even really know what a left-handed nib would particularly do, like what what makes it inherently left-handed, but um, it's got an angle to it that okay. So when you're it, holding at I would your say, 45 degree angle, it gives you that. I would say even for someone who's starting out, see if they can work with a regular nib, mm-hmm. because you're opening up. Just I always for anything left-handed specific, I've always tried to avoid in my life. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just think that in most instances it just ends up becoming a problem. Especially, and then I, you know, I don't necessarily recommend this. Like it's just the way that I was. Like I just learned to do everything except write with my right hand. 
and that works mm-hmm. great for me. But like, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend jumping in to the left-handed nib. Like, maybe try her out with a right-handed and see if she can deal with that. Like, it or seems a, like a if she's using nib. the stub, yeah, a standard nib. Um, if she's using the eco and is enjoying it, then she's already doing it right. So maybe mm-hmm. try that because I just I feel like you end up opening up to a world of difficulty down the line. Yeah, that's kind of what I felt, but I I also felt like bias saying that. Yeah, you don't like, want to be like screw those lefties, right? You don't want to. Right, right, right. But I feel like you know ninety nine point nine of the fountain pens you're going to use the rest of your life are not going to have that even though it might be beneficial now while you're learning. So we'll see. I, 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 but I, this list is really good. I, the Pelican, the Pelicano is a really, really good pen. That's kind of probably the one I would pick out of that list, to be honest. And I'm a fan of the ABC and the Kakuno. I think the Pelicano might be the right choice. So if you want a definitive choice there. Yep. Okay. So should we move on? Let's go. Next question comes from Evan, and Evan says, I have a cross 18-carat medium Townsend, the Star Wars Chewbacca pen, that writes way too broad with my handwriting. I asked cross, but they won't do a nib exchange. What would be some fun nib grinds to consider for it at my next pen show? I mean, first so, off, Evan, <laughs> you do yeah, you, my going. friend. Like, bravo, right? <laughs> like... I was sure. going to make sure you knew what this pen was. Oh, I right? know what You've that seen is. this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's an amazing pen, right? Yeah. Like, it is wild. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that for these wider nib, traditional size, you know, German, American size, whatever you want to call this, wide, I tend to go stub. Like I'll get like a, I'll say, so for like an 18 carat medium nib, I will get it ground to a fine stub. I won't generally go crazy with the larger nib sizes into doing something wild. You could do an architect grind. It will have the material there if that's something you want to try. But for me, for a pen, I'm going to know I'm going to use and write with a lot and consistency consistently i would go for a stub nib if like a standard medium is not working for you again that's not very risky like i was talking about before but i feel like that's the best use for that nib if you're going to be using this pen a lot as a daily writer it's going to make it more enjoyable um you know it's just going to make it more useful for you since you don't like how the line looks in a standard round tip medium, which I don't either. So that's why I tend to square them off and I'll do a stub in something like this. That makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, Our next question comes from at FI88R. Why aren't there more refillable rollable pens on needle points? Yeah, so I actually took this up on Twitter and I thought it was worth discussing here too because what they're ask actually asking for which i didn't realize at first was they're looking for the fountain pen ink cartridge roller balls if you know what i mean like jay herbon's made one kaveco's made one and noodlers has made one right so it's like a metal tip just a, a roller ball tip that takes fountain pen converters or cartridges why aren't there more of these because they don't work well. 
that's why they're not more of them. The way the properties of the fountain pen ink do not lend itself to a metal ball roller tip pen. It's not lubricated enough to give a smooth writing experience. But there is one pen that does this really well that I haven't played around with enough, but I've played around with it enough to know how good it is. And that's uh, the Pilot uh, High Tech Point Rollerball. So it's basically the Pilot V5 series rollerball pen. You know that famous, you know this pen, Mike. It's the famous needle tip Mm -hmm. Pilot V5 and V7. But what they've done is they've made it a cartridge fill. So they use Pilot's ink cartridges for the ink deployment system in these rollerball pens, which means you can use any of Pilot's ink cartridges or you can fill them up with your own ink uh, once you clean them out. You know, if the, But they don't come um, already engaged, so you got to pop the cartridge in just like any other pen. So they come in your standard black, blue, green, red, but you can just buy one of these pens and put any ink you want in it and it actually works. It works better than the Jeherbon and Kaveco, which are the ones that I have had um, the most experience with. And those are practically unusable. They're so uncomfortable to write with. This Pilot is not. And honestly, it should probably get more play than it does because it's a really neat pen that's done really well. It's just super particular, right? I mean, it's... If you're just buying it for the rollerball aspect and to have like the refillable fountain pen cartridges, it's an expensive proposition. You'd probably stick with the regular V5s. But if you want something to play li- play with, like uh, Fader or Always Be Burly, who seconded this question um, and asked what I would suggest, this is the one. Hmm. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Seems like it's hard to get in the UK. Like every time I search for it, it brought up the non-cartridge version. So mm-hmm. I found out yeah, the Jetpens just- though. It came up randomly about a year and a half, two years ago, just out of the blue. It showed up. I was like, well, I'll be danged. And it really works. So um, it'd be one that I would... The only thing I'm curious about, which I didn't explore enough, is cleaning it after you've used it. Because of the way those fins are in the pen, it's a little bit more involved than like a fountain pen feed. So it might take a little bit of extra extra aspirator water pressure to get through there and maybe some soaking to get it really cleaned out but uh i think it would work it's really nice all right that's great so should we take our first break we've still got let's loads do it. of these to go through let's talk about <laughs> uh, our new friends at kane 11 the company who make ridiculously comfortable socks in precisely your size the socks you're wearing right now they're probably like a one size fits all right kind of deal right that's or you've, you've chosen a size range and you've gone with that. But look, we don't all have the same size feet. We have different size feet. And this is why Kane 11 thought, why don't we take a look at how socks are made and how they're fit and innovate on it? So Kane 11 offer 11 different sizes that fit the same as your shoe sizes from US size 7 right through to 17. Kane 11 socks, they're made from merino wool and they offer a precise fit for you. They're made in the USA. They are made with that that merino wool, by the way. That's going to keep your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. It's magic wool, basically. That's the best way to think about it. <laughs> so that's then, what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> all right, hang on. You hold your horses. And they're made with optimal performance fibers as well that move moisture away from your feet to keep them dry all the time. So tell me about the wool, Brad Dowdy. It doesn't feel like wool. 
I had to look up what it was because yeah. it's not what you'd think a traditional wool sock would feel like. Mm-hmm. It's better than any wool sock I've ever owned. I thought, okay, this is some kind of like super refined cotton, which wouldn't make sense if I thought about it because cotton will, will shrink and modify more and that kind of defeats the purpose of, you know, a sock that will fit to your shoe size. The merino wool doesn't. Like it's going to wash and wear like really consistently. Um, hold its shape and size, which is the entire point of buying these socks. And that it's just, it's so soft and comfortable. Like I, I really had to go look this up just to see. So it, it's really good. I enjoy them. All purchases come with the Kane 11 promise. If for any reason you don't love your socks, just send them back for an exchange or a return. No questions asked. And Kane 11, they make the perfect gift for the person in your life who has everything because they definitely don't have socks that are their exact shoe size. To get your own Kane 11 socks in precisely your size, go to kane11.com slash penaddict and enter the promo code penaddict to get 20% off your order. That's K-A-N-E-1-1.com slash penaddict, promo code penaddict for 20% off your order. Our thanks to Kane 11 for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, we got more, Mike. Oh boy, do we. The next one comes from another one from FI88R. Japanese fountain pens have spoiled me. I cannot really get myself to even consider a pen over $100 that does not have a gold nib. What do you think about that? <laughs> I left this in, even though it wasn't a question. It even says hashtag not a question. I understand it. Like, I, I get it. The issue... I have personally is that it it goes into like personal style and aesthetics at that point like once you get to like it's really probably over $200 you're really kind of paying for like style and stuff and there's pens well I guess even in the mid 100s when you're talking about like Edison and Franklin Christoph and that's the the point I'm trying to make is they make pens that fit my style and aesthetic and feel and looks of what I want in a pen and I like steel nibs so much that it's not it almost doesn't come into consideration what the nib material is if I like the pin barrel enough so that's something that I learned from myself over the years of using fountain pens like what's important in the writing experience yes the nib needs to be really good but gold does not automatically equal really good okay I think that's fair Mm -hmm. I mean also I have many steel nibs that I love and would it, I don't even really consider it I don't even really think personally about steel versus gold. I mm-hmm. just want what feels good, you know? Yep. Like I don't necessarily think like oh that's great. Like, you know, there are some steel nibs that I have that are, that are wonderful, right? Like I I have that Pilot the um the Port of Kobe one and it's a steel yeah. nib but you'd never I don't think you would necessarily know in most instances I think it's it's perfectly fine but you know yeah what you gonna do so but that's 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 one of those things you decide over time what do you like your writing experience to feel like can you tell a difference between this and that is you know is gold worth the premium and sometimes it is sometimes it isn't so sometimes the barrel and the way the pen fits your hand and helps your writing is more important than the nib sometimes the nib makes the pen so you know it just depends you kind of figure that out as you go along yeah i think so 
All right, so our next question comes from Chestnut here. I'm working on manufacturing flexible gold nibs for people to retrofit their pens with. Should I make it fit a Joe or a Bok feed or some other feed in order to accommodate the most pens possible? So I'm super not qualified to answer this. Okay. But I will say that I enjoy everything that Jovo makes more than everything that Box makes, and I'll leave it that way. I think I agree with you, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, Bach makes a good titanium nib, and that's about it. And the Yovo nibs seem to be, the feed design seems to maybe fit more vintage pins, but I'm not sure. Like, other people have more experience that than that with me. I just feel that Yovo makes a better product, so that's the route I personally would take. But I would also get lots of other opinions other than mine for this one. I think that's perfectly fair. The next one comes from Maud Chungrig. Do you have any idea <laughs> if there is a green and or dark red as trusty and apocalypse grade waterproof as platinum carbon black? I am in love with Diamond's November Rain, but it is so fragile I can't use it in real life and would happily sacrifice sheen quality for something that lasts. Apocalypse grade is an ink grade that I don't think many inks can tackle. Platinum carbon black being one of them, you know, Sailor Nano black. And then some of the Noodlers bulletproof, like some of the most extreme inks. If you want something with permanence and waterproofness that I can't say is apocalypse grade, but has some character to it, you're going to start looking at some of the Iron Gall inks and the proliferation of some of the unique color Iron Gall inks. Like I put a link into the Platinum Classic inks, which have some red-ish shades and some green-ish shades. You know, they're all like green-black or purple-black or red-black. So those are some really nice colors. They have good waterproof properties. Apocalypse grade, I don't know. They should hold up to pretty much anything. Maybe not as well as Carbon Black. And then you can also look at KWZ, who has some, uh, I think they do a, just like a regular green Iron Gall ink in various shades for like one, two, three, four, five. I don't know if it's, it's all of those and red. So I'd look at um, what Platinum does in the classic ink lineup and then what KWZ does for their Iron Galls. That's where you're going to get some unique colors with some waterproof properties. So I can't guarantee they're going to be as... Uh, fallout proof as platinum carbon black though all right and our next question comes from eric um i have been having a horrible time with ink smearing on tomorrow river paper even after drying for days coming out of ef nibs clairefontaine or rhodia does better but st still can smear how does Leuchtturm do with smearing i used to see rhodia's webby in a5 for 11 to 13 dollars since then it's gone up to 20 to 25 why is this happening or relatedly, <laughs> what do you recommend for an A5-ish webby moleskin type leather-bound notebook for fountain pens? Break this down into a few different parts. I don't understand how the ink is smearing after days in Tomoe River. Okay, so yeah, this is lots of several different parts mm -hmm. in this. I don't either. I don't know what ink Eric's using. He did not mention that. And that sounds like Tomoe River paper takes forever to dry. But unless you're using a hose and some other, some crazy ink, it should dry in 
a reasonable amount of time. I mean, 30 seconds to a minute, maybe a couple minutes for something extreme, but not days. Like, I, I would be concerned about the ink or at least question, like, what ink are you using? And, you know, the Clairefontaine Radio does better, but it still can smear, right? It's it's a coated paper. It does have some dry time. That's the trade-off for getting the character of the ink. You know, if you want to see shading and sheen, you it does better on a smooth paper or a coated paper and things like that. The pricing for the Rodeo Webby, I've never seen the Webby under $18 or $20. Um, I don't think it's ever been in the 11 to $13 price range unless you're talking about the A6 model. The A5 is the standard model, um, which you Eric refers to later. I've never seen them for less than like 18 or so. So um, I don't know what's going on with the price because I, I haven't seen that personally. So what would you recommend for A5 style leather bound notebooks for fountain pens? And you mentioned the Leuch term. Like if you're having a problem with the smearing, Leuch term's not a very coated paper. So it's going to dry faster than Rhodia or Tomoe River. Are you going to miss out some of the characteristics that you're used to? The shade, the sheening, you know, whatever ink properties that you like in Tomoe River or Rhodia? Yeah, probably. That's the trade-off. So you have to decide, okay, Leuch term works well for my general writing Ink's not going to smear as much. It's going to dry faster. But maybe I don't get the wild sheen that I used to see on Tomoe River. That's the trade-off with Tomoe River. The price you pay is dry time. It's just going to take a while. So if you want to try something different, I do recommend the Leuch Term. I think it's a great notebook. And um, I, I enjoy writing with fountain pens in them. I think they do great. So that would be that would be my choice. I would not get a Moleskine. Um, I know you weren't... Um, saying that as a choice you were just saying general though that size and style um i I would go with lloyd's term all right our next question comes from tim one of the reasons i've been hesitant to dive into mechanical pencils is i have no clue about what leads to go for any chance of a new top five category for leads (laughs) i left this in here because i don't have an answer and i want to work on this right so i talk about mechanical pencils all the time but i never talk about the leads like i talk about them in the wooden pencils like wooden pencil is like totally graphite driven why aren't why don't I treat mechanical pencils the same way? So this is my way of saying publicly, Tim, that I will work on this. So I need to, I, and I get asked this pretty frequently. It's like, what's the lead to put into my mechanical pencils? I don't have a great answer. I've got some general answers, but not enough testing on that. So I vow to work on that. So right now, Mike, in my notebook, I'm putting a square, an open box to buy more (laughs) mechanical pencil leads and then when the show is done i will go order these and then i will check off the box and continue on with my notebook good man kim r osborne sends in a link and says brad where do i find this and this is a link (laughs) to uh, a travel website called out of town blog talking about the 2019 starbucks philippines planner and travel organizer Mm-hmm. So I'm bringing this to the listeners for help with this. This is obviously a Philippine Starbucks creation, but I wonder what other regional Starbucks have specialty items like this. Because I got to say, Mike, 
this is really attractive. Like, I think it's really good looking. I mean, they've done a great job with the the photography. You know, I don't know anything about the quality or anything like that. But it's really kind of compelling, like, what these things look like. So I wonder, would the roastery in Seattle have these types of products because they care they're the ones that carry like the special field notes and things like that is it worth checking out um you know these huge flagship starbucks for these types of products so we'll put a link in the show notes to this and so y'all can check it out and if anyone has any ideas where to find products um like this at other starbucks we'd be happy to happy to know and i'll i'll pass them on to kimmer all right, and I think we're going to round this out as maybe our last Ask TPA for today before we start getting into horror stories. <laughs> and this comes from Kim Squared. How do you determine when it's time to say goodbye to stationary goods that you've purchased? God, this is a loaded question, right? This is a great, this, uh, this is an awesome question, and that's why it's in here. Um, to me, it's just time, right? It's so... The more I use products, the more I use multiple products, and the more I refine what I'm reaching for on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, it's kind of self-selecting, right? You know, eventually certain products get pushed to the side. That's when I know, you know, when it's, when fountain pen A is not getting uh, used nearly as much as fountain pen B, well, maybe it's time for fountain pen A to be sold. That's kind of how I do it. Um, I don't know what other way it, it could be. Really, it's just, you know, you. the more things we buy, like, and let's be honest with ourselves, we're, we go pretty crazy sometimes. Um, the more experience we get with different things, the more refined our tastes become. And then maybe some of those things we bought previously don't really fit our needs now. And that's when you know it's time to go. I think you're probably right. Like, try I try not to hold on too tightly to things, and then as my tastes change, I allow myself to move on. Right. Right. Yeah, that I've gotten better at the moving on part. Hmm. Um, I've I used to be really latched onto things, um, and now I'll just I'll, I won't send out things willy nilly to people, but I'm like I don't need. 10 of something, you know, if I'm not using it, you know, so yeah, no problem. So I've, I've gotten better at that over the years. It does take time to, to come to mental terms and the physical terms of, of selling the products. So, all right, we still have Ask TPA that we want to get to, but that's going to happen in the future, but you can always send in your questions if hashtag Ask TPA to be included on a future episode. But for now, We must take a break and thank our friends over at Harry's for their support of this show. We all know that finding gifts for your loved ones can be a difficult task. They want more socks and pajamas. Why not get them something that they really want to use every day? Buy them a gift from Harry's. Harry's razors and shaving products make the perfect gifts because they're super practical. And then once the recipient gets hooked, they'll be able to save money because Harry's razors cost as little as $2 per blade. You can personalize the Harry's razor to make the recipient feel extra special. You can choose from multiple colors and even have the option to engrave it. And they come ready to gift in wonderful boxes. Brad Dowdy, tell me about the box. (laughs) It's wonderful, Mike. I got the Harry's box. It's the beautiful... um 
it's kind of do, do they have an official color name for it i call it like well, cranberry and navy it's really yeah pretty. i'm sure they do i'll try and find that but it's like it's blue and red right and it's kind of shiny yeah. you know it's shiny and shimmery it'll look great under a christmas tree or a holiday table or how, any gift it would look great honestly mike if you bought this for yourself used all of the amazing harry's products and then used the box as your next pencil storage box, which is what I do with these good boxes because they're so freaking good, Mike. I, I just buy them for the boxes, but hey, guess what? I need more blades, more shave cream, uh, more handles. All these things are in this gift box, and then I get to put the gift box to use uh, on its own after I'm done using all the products. So I buy them for myself, Mike. Good. Yeah, everyone got to treat themselves. As a special offer for listeners of this show, Harry's doing something great. You can get $5 off any gift set, including the limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash penaddict and you'll get free shipping. This offer is for new and returning customers and only available over the holidays. It's harrys.com slash penaddict to get your hands on that. Each Harry's shaving set comes with an ergonomic weighted handle with an option to engrave, German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide that close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for a richer lather, and you get a travel cover to protect your blade and a handsome holiday gift box, as Brad has explained and adores. Or if you're looking to treat yourself something different, maybe you can get you can redeem a Harry's trial offer to experience the quality of their shave before committing. Get your holiday shopping done early. Free shipping ends on December 12th, so act now. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict to get that $5 off a gift set while supplies last. That is harrys.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Harry's for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Mike, we have horror stories, and I'll take the first one because you've been reading a lot right. this episode, and then we'll we'll switch them up. But first, we did have a follow-up that you'll have to play back in your heads from some of our early horror story entries. Papa Courage emailed us. Um, you won't forget this about one. This was, yeah, this was about the guy. Smelling the Christmas ink in the yes, car. And then spilling it like two days before going to meet the president. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, and we questioned whether the ink actually spilled in the car and good news mike <laughs> there is there's still mont blanc ink on the car in their seat uh i mean the seat in their car <laughs> so <laughs> yes um don't don't sniff ink and drive folks it's it's not going to end up well so first one for this week is from david hello brad and mike i have a story about my very first fountain pen it all started January 19th, 2017. This is a new user, Mike. After days of research, I finally decided to take the plunge and buy my first fountain pen and bottle of ink. That day, I ordered a clear Twisby 580 with a medium nib and a bottle of Noodler's Polar Blue Eternal Ink from Amazon. It was a good day. The package arrived, went home to make sure the poachers didn't steal my package, and I was disappointed to see no box. I checked the notification to see it was delivered to my mom's house, which thankfully lives only about 20 minutes from me. I sped over there, greet my mom, quickly tear open the box. It was beautiful. Never had I held such an expensive pen. I watched a few more YouTube videos to make sure I did everything correctly. Once I was ready, I went and grabbed a couple of rags and paper towels to wipe the nib once I finished. I put everything in front of me, phone off to the far left, pen to the left, rags in front, and bottle of ink to the right. Being smart... I put a paper towel under the bottle to be safe. Can't be too careful, you know. I opened the bottle. Man, Noodlers fills them up to the top. That's no joke, Mike. You got to be careful with those Noodlers. I pull the piston, and then I get a phone call. 
Thankfully, it was before I dipped the pen, so all is well. I answer, talk for a moment, and hang up. As I turn to put my phone down, I hit the bottle, and ink spills. What followed was one of the slowest 10 seconds of my life. I looked at the ink and couldn't even react. After my mind processed everything, I grabbed the ink bottle and capped it and shut it. Ink all over the place. You would think that that would be the end of the story, Mike, but you'd be wrong. The part I didn't include earlier is that I was doing this on the living room floor. That is carpet. Oh. I get up and see the floor has a big blue blob of ink. My foot is covered in ink. I had made myself comfortable and took my shoes off earlier. I grab the rags and wipe my foot and dab the floor with paper towels. I go to the shower and try to clean my foot. This stuff is pretty permanent, so that didn't work out so well. My foot looked like I was half Smurf and half character from Avatar. I frantically look for videos about how to clean and scramble to do those directions. Still blue. I call my wife since she has an SUV and I tell her I need one of those industrial vacuums from Home Depot. <laughs> we get that and I'm washing, washing and vacuuming the floor for about two hours straight. When the floors are clean, the water tubs you empty should be fairly clear. They were still coming up blue. The picture attached, and he, he sent me like seven pictures, um, shows how blue the water was coming up from the carpet. After hour three, my mom says, don't worry about it. The carpet is old anyway. Just buy me carpet when the time comes. <laughs> so my $60 pen and 13 bottle of ink will eventually cost me new carpet at my mom's. I still hear about it from time to time. My mom brings it up. My wife brings it up. My sister also reminds me every once in a while. It's a story that will live in my family's memory for the foreseeable future. Since then, it's been a great relationship between Pins and I with very few accidents since. That's the story of David and his first fountain pen. I may make it into a children's book someday. Brad. So, Brad. Mike. <laughs> now. Let, let, me, let me just, before you even continue, let me just say, I got a foot picture in this email, okay? <laughs> I got a picture of a blue foot in my email from this email. Brad, I think this has got it. I think this is everything I'm looking for in mm. a horror story, right? This is, yep. you've ruined something. You, you, your whole point of this was to get a pen and ink. You you dumped half his the first, ink, right? His first pen and ink. This right. is his first. It's the first time you've ever done it. You've spilled the ink everywhere. You've destroyed somebody's property. <laughs> Not you even have, yours. That's not yours. You destroyed somebody else's property. You have done something to yourself, i.e. paint your foot blue. <laughs> You've had to spend money to try and fix it. You've spent hours trying to fix it and couldn't. And now, and this might be the worst part of it all, this is the joke that your mum tells about you <laughs> to everyone. And you have to just go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. it, Brad. I think David is the first entrant into the Horror Stories Hall of Fame. This is exactly Welcome what I'm looking for. Welcome to the for. Hall of Fame, David. David, congratulations. <laughs> you did it. This is it. You've done it. This is You ticked all of my dream boxes for a horror story. <laughs> congratulations, I guess. Yeah, right. Congratulations. Um, thank you for the foot picture. Um, 
please don't send me any more. I'm good for that and, part. Uh, you can keep that part to yourself. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't share that nope. with you. Norm- normally when we have uh, just uh, behind the scenes here, when we have like personal pictures or like, you know, any extra things, I'll, I'll upload them to Dropler and send Mike the link, you know, not for us to put in there. I didn't even send you that one. <laughs> I'm not going to send you that one. I don't need but it. It was, bl- it was blue. Yeah. It was a blue. Fo- he was the doing fo- this in bare feet. Like he was Everything on the floor in the cart. Like. Oh, oh, why were you? Why did you have no socks on? Even I love it. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. All right. So our next horror story comes from Richard. Can Richard live up to this? We'll find out. <laughs> I heard your initial call for pen horror stories and knew I should tell you about mine. My story, however, occurred not long before your request, and as they say, it was still too soon. I then heard your initial batch of horror stories, and I knew I had to come clean with my own. I just started this hobby less than two years ago, but already had quite a number of pens and met lots of great people, including Brad. But it wasn't until this past August that I got my first Grail pen, a Hanawama Bay purchased from Hugh and Carol at the Carolina Pen Company at the DC Pen Show. They're nicest people, and I couldn't have been happier with this pen. I truly felt like I was Ohana, which is family. Then September 13th happened. (laughs) This is the day I expect. (laughs) I'm getting ready to go to work that day, and I put my briefcase in my car. I then go back inside my house to get my Raven Aqua Sinclair knock pen case loaded with several pens, including a Franklin Christoph Intrinsic O2 Smoke and Ice, a Woodshed Pen Company Saturday Special from Mike Allen, and yes, my perfect, my wonderful, my grail, my Hanawama pen. I take this case into the garage and place it absentmindedly on the roof of my car while I pull out the garbage cans and retrieve Mm. the newspapers from my driveway. I have not read this in advance. (laughs) All right. So I'm going on this journey with you all. All right. So, okay. Mm. I can see where this is going, maybe. Once those chores are done, I get in my car and proceed to drive to work. A few minutes later, when I'm speeding up to get onto the Long Island Expressway, I hear a noise and see a flash of a dark object sliding off my rear windshield. Hmm, I wonder. What was that? A branch? Some leaves? Whatever. On to work I go. I get to the building and walk into the office and start to unpack the items in my briefcase. Where are my pens? At that moment, just like in the movies where the ending consists of a montage of prior scenes that now make sense (laughs) in my entire move, like The Sixth Sense, the events of that morning quickly flash in my mind, I never removed the pen case from the roof of my car. It is only now, weeks later, that I can even bring myself to tell this story. I confess what happened to my wife, who was super fine about it, and told me to replace everything immediately. I will, just not yet. I need some time separation from the event. Since I have lots of other nice pens, I'm able to appreciate them even more now and not get too bent out of shape. I know that these horror stories you are telling are actually first world horror stories, but yet in our little community, they're helpful to hear. These stories are painful, at least initially, because these small objects and the people associated with them give us so much joy. In this current world of ours, we should always look for our little bits of joy wherever or whenever we may find them. And yes, I will get another Canalea pen and rejoin my Ohana in due time. What a beautiful end to that letter. Richard, Richard's amazing. Like that I love him so much. Wonderful, Richard. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Now, here we go, though. <laughs> these now, pens are gone, Mike. They're gone. And this is this is pretty bad right that it's (laughs) it's like your three favorite pens and hmm hmm let's see here's the thing here's the thing where i'm where i'm like i'm just flip-flopping on this one because this is about for discussion Mm -hmm. i I don't think this is as clear-cut as the previous one this is really Mm -hmm. freaking bad right but like 
would a horror story version maybe have been he accidentally drives over them himself? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like you, you reverse and you hear him go. Like, this is a really bad thing to happen. This is bad. This is very like, bad. Very bad. Very upsetting. Like, he had to tell his wife, like, how much money was in that case that's now mm-hmm. vanished. Poof. And but here's, my, here's my question, though, right? I expect there are many stories of people losing their favorite pens. Mm. So I don't just want to set a precedent for, like, every time someone <laughs> loses their favorite pen... They go into the horror story hall of fame. You see where I'm going? Can with I this? just can I just say I love how strict you are with the hall of fame? Well, you like, have to be because, like, I, I know I lost stuff, right? But these yeah. were like the certain circumstances in which it's lost. So, like, is that yeah. enough? So, are we setting like you put it on the roof of the car? Because, like, here's yeah. the thing: spilling ink—that's not a horror story. Spilling ink on someone's carpet—that's not a horror story. Spilling ink on someone's carpet and covering your own bare foot. <laughs> And it's at your and mom's it was house. Your first, and it was your first and time. And it's your first pen. <laughs> Clear cut for me, right? There are so many <laughs> elements going on here. So I don't know about Richard. I don't yeah. know. Richard, See, I'm- I feel for you, my man. Like, seriously, my heart pours out to you. That is a terrible situation to go through. But I just don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm a small Hall of Fame person. Um as opposed to the what we call in in baseball terms the hall of very good right mm-hmm. like this is a very good story is it hall of fame like it's very strict to get in the hall of fame and i got to say i didn't think this would happen mike is much more strict than i am mm-hmm. on the hall of fame on the hall of fame ballot and i like it i your opinion weighs very heavily because I think I'm a lot closer to a lot of this stuff too, right? Like yeah. I know Richard personally. It's like I know it's like I feel awful for him. It's like he should be in the Hall of Fame. But it's like what or what's the precedent the hall is setting? And I think we're setting it very strongly with the one entrant we have so far. But we're not done yet, Mike. No, we and here's more. what I want to say as well about this, right? I wanna we're gonna we're gonna park Richard's story for a bit, mm-hmm. right? I want to see like maybe as we get more, what kind of level are we getting mm-hmm. for lost pens, right? Yeah. Well, so we we can have a still on the ballot yes group. So like Richard so- may get inducted into the Hall of Fame somewhere down the line because I think as far as lost pen stories go, this is probably pretty bad. And if and if this ends up being like over some period of time the worst lost pen story we're gonna get, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yes, I would want to put this in. But I want to understand mm-hmm. like how bad can these lost pen stories go, right? Like Mike. Like, just you wait. Okay, you see? Oh, here we go. All right, so we got right. we got some more. We got a bunch more. I want to do. You're going to do this next one, and then we'll take our final break. Yeah, I suggest you close your eyes while All I right. read this to you. All Don't right, okay. read ahead. Okay. No reading ahead. All right, I'm going to listen. This I'm is take it in. This is, and it's not a long one, so you won't fall asleep. So this is from Jacob. Here is my fountain pen horror stories entry. In 2009, I didn't know much about fountain pens, but had for some reason decided to try one. Rakuten was the hot e-commerce site at the time here in Japan, so that's where I started my search. One of the top listings was something called the Pilot M90. It had good reviews, looked interesting, and wasn't too expensive, so I bought one on a whim. 
It arrived a few days later, so I inked it up and used it for a while. It was uncomfortably small, so I didn't use it much, and eventually the ink dried out. It didn't help that I often left it uncapped. Not knowing much about pen maintenance, I thought I had somehow broken the pen as there was still ink left in the cartridge and putting a new cartridge in didn't help. Since I didn't like the pen much to begin with, I threw it in the trash can and returned to my ballpoints. Years later, I found out that the M90 was quite a special pen. Probably should have spent a bit of time learning basic pen maintenance. I threw my Pilot M90 in the trash can because it did not write. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Oh, my God. Rip. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I couldn't wait to read this question. (laughs) There's no question. This is in. Like, oh, God. My God, used. They're like hundreds of dollars used. Yeah. And it wasn't cheap new. It was, I think it was $180 new, if if I recall correctly at the time. It's been like a decade now. But Rakuten oh, might have done it cheaper. Like, it might have done it a cheap... Like, Rakuten is, like... Sure, 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 sure. Stuff, right? Yeah, that was the US price. I think it was, like, 180 <laughs> I'm trying to work out what happened here, right? That, like, the he, ink he dried left, out. He left it uncapped. That's what he so, said. So, like, he just, he just, just didn't uncapped. leave it... He just didn't give it enough time to try and flow it through, I guess? No, wow. no. he No, he didn't. He never cleaned it, so it was permanently clogged. So when you take out the old cartridge, even though it's not yeah, empty, yeah, yeah. you put in the but new cartridge, I mean it's never like, going to flow. Even it, but like you can make it happen, right? Like you can make it happen, <clears throat> you know, like you can, you can run it under the tap for just a little bit, right? And you might like, sure. under, like my experience of the Pilot M90 is that is a pen that does not take a lot to get it started if it dries out. Like right. it's, it's, right. it's actually one of the qualities of that pen, funnily enough, that I... <laughs> Hold it so dearly. It's like I could leave that pen for ages. You give me a couple of minutes and it's going again like nothing happened. Like it's so which is kind of funny to me because he must have just been like, that's yeah, not working. And just like just just immediately <laughs> just bombed it in the trash. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Like I I vote no on this one, and here's why. Oh, okay. <clears throat> It's a, it's an amazing story, and it it's blowing my mind. But at the time, like it was just another pen, and it got chucked. And like it, ten years later, in retrospect, it's like, oh my god, like this is serious. At the time, I don't think it was necessarily a horror story. So does it rank? With right, right the current time frame, because like imagine of what if the it horror story is. was a cheap pen, but became like so. Like say for example, Field Notes, right? Mm-hmm. You bought Butcher Orange, didn't like it, and shredded it. Right. That's not a horror story because right. they became valuable later. 
Like to right. Jacob, this was never a valuable pen. All right, I'm right. going to go with that. Now, I would say that like there is a there is a version of this story which you know like where it's like you accidentally throw it in the trash a pilot yes. M90 and I, and I, you know because that's like <laughs> about I mean about, don't you know. get me wrong this blows my mind yeah I like, I was I speechless literally speechless I mean, the sentence reads I threw it in the trash can and returned oh. to my ball points wow. <laughs> like I can't get past this. But I'm going to go no on this entrant. All right. All right. I'm going to go with what you a story. on this. I'm going to go with you on what this. What a story. All right. Tell me some more stories, Mike. Wow. I can't. Wow. Yeah. Talking about stories. Let's talk about some stories that aren't about horror. Let's talk about some warming stuff. Let's talk about Storyworth who are supporting this week's episode. Storyworth is the easiest way to share your family stories. We all have that one family member who tells the best stories around the holidays, right? Those tales about the first TV in the neighborhood, right? The first family who got a TV or that memorable trip that your uncles and aunts all took to some cabin somewhere or maybe some like prank to a family member or friend from years ago. Storyworth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share these stories. Here's how it works. You buy a subscription for someone you love and every single week Storyworth will send them an email with a question about their life. Questions you would have never thought to ask. The recipient will reply to the email with their story or they can even record it over the phone. All of these stories are totally private and only shared with family members that you choose. And after a year, all of their stories are bound in a beautiful keepsake book, which can be shared to future generations, put on the bookshelf, is really seen as like a token, something important. Storyworth is a great way of staying in touch with family members who live far away. With Storyworth, you can write stories and upload photos by email or on the web. You can share the stories of as many people as you want. You just invite them by email, and you can save and edit all of these stories on storyworth.com. This is a wonderful service. Like I've played with this a bunch, and you know, and I've I've spoken with my family members about some of these prompts, and it really is wonderful. Like, so here's my thing. I don't live far away from my family, but I live the kind of life where I don't have a lot of time for family mm-hmm. time. Like I travel a lot. I'm, I'm a pretty busy guy. And I found that the prompts that Storyworth can give, these prompts give answers to stuff that typically you're only going to find out if you're spending an extended period of time with family members, right? Like, over the holidays. That's when these stories come out. But the great thing about Storyworth is they're doing these prompts so they don't have to come up naturally. And these prompts will allow for things that are wonderful, stuff you may have never even thought to ask, and it could come at any point. It really is a wonderful service to help you get to know even better the people you care about the most. And isn't that just a wonderful thing? It is a great gift for the holidays. Why not get it for somebody you care about who loves telling stories? Listeners of this show can get $20 off their subscription by going to storyworth.com slash penaddict. That's $20 off when you visit Storyworth. That's S-T-O-R-W-Y-O-R-T-H, storyworth.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to Storyworth for their support of this show and Relay FM. Perfect timing for this story-laden episode, Mike. Most certainly. It's almost as if it was planned. It wasn't, but wouldn't it have been wonderful if it was? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've got the next one, and this comes from Andy. I will say, by the way, Mm -hmm. everyone's really up their game this time around. 
Uh, this is legit stuff. Right? Like, I, yeah. I feel like we did a good job in setting the bar. And I hope that the bar is continuing to be set on this episode. <laughs> All right. Andy says, My biggest pen horror story happened just a few weeks ago. I woke up in the middle of the night with subtle pain in my right leg. What is happening here? All right, hang on. <laughs> okay. It wasn't terrible. Felt like a mosquito bite, to be honest. So I disregarded it and went back to sleep. A few hours later, I woke up with an even sharper pain in my leg. A stabbing pain, if you will. I'm just going to say right now, I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> like, maybe skip ahead a few minutes if this is already making you feel a little bit uncomfortable. All right. Oh, this is nothing. Okay. I'm glad I'm reading the next one and not you. Okay. I looked down <laughs> and to my horror discovered I had been sleeping on an uncapped fountain pen. The pen, which sported an extra fine steel nib, was inked and had created a massive stain on the bed sheets and my leg. <laughs> the extra fine nib had stabbed through parts of the fabric, and there were also traces of ink on the blankets in the surrounding area. To make it worse, the nib on the pen, one of my favorites, had become misaligned under my crushing weight. It has never written the same. Turns out I had used the pen the previous night for some journaling in bed. And I guess I forgot to store it after use. My fiance and I now have a no pens within five feet of the bed rule. This is amazing. <laughs> this is amazing. Wow. I love this story. So journaling the night before, leave the pen uncapped in the bed, roll over onto the pen the following night and stab yourself. <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't stuff up it's like <laughs> this doesn't happen <laughs> but now you have a stab mark and a stain on the bed <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to do with this <laughs> oh god you think I, we I, have I, something that tops this let's uh put that one in the parking lot and i'm gonna read you this email all from right my good friend emil okay it happened some years ago can I just say our 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 the storytelling of our uh, of our listeners is amazing. I really I, like, I like that people are writing these like stories. It makes our job a lot easier, right? Because we don't have mm-hmm. to plump like to to fluff them up, right? This is very good. Please keep writing. Mm-hmm. If you if you're gonna send them in, like be as creative as you want. I love it. Like mm-hmm. the 13th of September mm-hmm. happened. It's brilliant. Like I love it. <laughs> just go wild with it. I want. I want. Yep. This is it, right? Like I feel like you have a better chance. The more dramatic the story is, right? You have a better chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. But remember, true stories only. It happened some years ago, Mike. I was sitting at my desk, anxious at thoughts of an upcoming hike. Should I go light? Should I turn into a beast of burden? I'm already quite a donkey. But the most important issue, what kind of stationery should I throw into my bag? After settling on pens, I went to my ink drawer and pondered some more. But nothing inspired me. Finally, I went for Platinum Violet. It was sitting in ink cartridges, but since I've given given away all my Platinum pens, I had no use for it. Harvesting the ink seemed like the reasonable thing to do. So I sat down with a spare container and started sucking out the ink. I fumbled for a bit and took a short break, moving all the stationary stuff to the sides of my desk. After a while, I went back to it. I reached, not looking to the right side of my desk, to grab my tools and felt a short, stingy sensation. When I turned my head, I realized what I've done. A now empty syringe dangled from my palm with a needle piercing my skin. I, in my eternal wisdom, left the syringe standing up 
on its plunger, needle up. So when I tried to grab it, I went sharp point first, and the pressure and weight of my hand made me A, stab myself, and B, inject my palm (gasps) with two milliliters of a decent violet ink. I didn't die, but my entire hike, my hand sent a constant reminder, making a burst of shooting pain that, yes, I am an idiot. P.S., you still cannot get blunt needles in Poland. So that sound you make is what I made the first time I read this. This is the first one that made my jaw drop <laughs> as I read it. I was going, oh, oh, God, I had to read this. Then I had to read it again <laughs> to like grasp what happened. So like he was working, filling these, you know, sucking out the ink of these cartridges and left the needle standing up on its end. And in the U.S., you can get blunt tip (laughs) needles. Doing this type of work with a traditional needle is not only scary, it's dangerous. And Emil found that out. Oh, my God. Like, I, this one made me, like, exclaim, like, out loud. Like, 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 I don't even know that I'm comfortable putting it in the hall of fame because i'd have to tell it again like it this one like moved me in an uncomfortable manner maybe that's because it needs to go in the hall of fame i i don't know what to do here um this one freaked me out uh, on a different level I, th- I think it's so how does that how does that compare to the rolling over the nib in the bed story sorry right? andy you've been beaten out by this like you know that you got you just like poked yourself a meal straight up ejected himself uh i think it's gotta i think it's got to this is because there was ink in the syringe that's why right and it's a sharp needle which you shouldn't do no but he knows better if emil stabbed himself right that's terrible the fact that emil injected himself (laughs) with platinum violet that's gotta be it it's gotta be it i Right? Like, I mean, I've stabbed myself. I've stuck myself. I've never like injected myself, and like I, this I could see have been this happened. legit like, dangerous. Yeah. Right. I feel like it's got to. I feel like I, it's got I, to. I, I don't know how many more stories we're really gonna get that have legit human peril in them. <laughs> right. <laughs> this one does. Uh, I think it's in. This is I the first one they got like a visceral reaction from me. Wow. Like, oh my God. Wow. Like, and it's bad. Please don't do this. <laughs> Please use your blunt needles, folks. Um, so we should I, say, Emil and David, they need to email you, right? Yeah. To get this. Uh, yeah. So we'll do that. Um, wow. Yeah. That one moved me in a, in a not good <laughs> way. <laughs> wow. All right. I've got the last one today. Let's see how All we're right. going to finish up today. Wow, Brad, I can't believe that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. He injected himself. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Matthew. Matthew writes. In 19... 19- <laughs> 
All right, okay, okay. In 1986, I started studying the School of Architecture at Mississippi State University. My first day in the studio, we were instructed to get a radiograph pen, preferably a .35. I didn't know what this was, and I had to ask at the art supply store. I learned that they came in multiple widths, but were kind of expensive, so I just got one, a Rotring .35. Some of my classmates got full sets, though. Over the next two years, I added a few more Rotrings for wider and thinner lines. In my fourth year, one of the local art stores had a huge sale. They offered a set of Koh-i-Noors at a price that was too good to pass up. I bought it on a Saturday. It was a beautiful set with seven full pens, two small disassembly discs, and a bottle of ink. It all came in a clamshell case that had a clear plastic-hinged lid with little push tabs on the side. I still remember opening and closing the case in my dorm room. The next day, I decided to bring the set to the studio to keep in my desk. I packed it in my messenger bag and got on my road bike to ride across campus. The last driveway I crossed before getting to the architecture building was at the bottom of a hill. I flew across it, cut, a co- cut over the sidewalk, and started up the hill when I hit a huge bump in the pavement. I was used to this bump and I crossed it many times. This time, though, the Velcro on my messenger bag came loose and the bag ejected the pen case. It landed in the road right near the gutter. I jumped off my bike, dropped my bag, and went to reach it into the street. When I heard a car coming from my left, I pulled back and watched helplessly. The driver must have seen me reaching into the street, though, because the car did veer left a little, but the back tire still hit the case. The case bounced a little. It looked cracked, but everything still seemed pretty much intact. I went to reach it again. That's when I heard the second car. The second car driver did not have the acute sense of awareness of the first driver and proceeded to barrel through right over the pen case, catching it with both tires. In my mind, I can still see the parts bouncing in the air and off the pavement. Some landed in the gutter, some strewn across the asphalt. I was then able to retrieve the remnants, dumping them in my bag. Once in the studio, I surveyed the damage. The beautiful case was completely destroyed. All but two of the barrels were crushed flat. Most of the tips were still usable, but some of the small collars and ink reservoirs were also crushed. The remaining parts were riddled with pockmarks from the road debris and gravel bits. Somehow the bottle of ink was untouched. (laughs) I did use the pens somewhat over the years, but the luster was gone. Always having to swap barrels was tedious. They were all loose. They were all loose bits in the in my case, and the pens just never seemed to work that well. I continued to use and still have my three rotrings. I also still have two of the Koinors with the two barrels. I hung onto the remaining points too, but the last time I saw them was about two years ago when I given them to my then five year old son to play with. This is good. So this one, yeah, this is good. This one resonates with me because. In the mid-80s, this set of pens was everything for a college student in architecture or engineering. Like, this was like buying your $400 textbook that you don't need, right? This is like it for someone of this age going to school at the time for your design work. And the importance of this set is not lost on me because I grew up during this time, Um, even though I was a little bit after that in college. But, like, I knew these are the pens, like, I would go to the bookstore and look at through the glass case and know I could never buy because they were, like, $30 a pen. And you'd end up with, like, a whole set of these pens. And it was just crazy. Um, 
I'm glad he didn't lose a hand mm-hmm. <laughs> or an arm reaching for them, but I probably would have done the same thing, right? This was in a very expensive, important tool at the time, and I believe that's why Matthew remembers this tale so vividly. Like, I would too. Like, I remember these types of things um, because you know, for things that were very important to me, like this set of pens. I don't think it's a Hall of Fame case, but it's such a relatable story to me personally. Like, I get it. Like, this was a big, big deal because of the time and uh, and what this product was and what it was being used for and, you know, how important it was um, to his studies. So it, it's a crazy story. Um, I, I don't think it's a Hall of Fame story, though. So here's the thing for me why I feel like it doesn't necessarily reach the Hall of Fame. Uh, There was no user error. Mm. Matthew didn't mess up. I feel like that there are like, I'm I'm starting to zone in on what works for me. (laughs) And part of it is, right, like that you, you did something that you regret, like it was partly your fault. Right. Like, I feel like that Mm. really adds a level to it that I enjoy. (laughs) Right. Of like, I was so stupid because, you know, that I feel like that this was just a a bad accident. Right. Which Mm -hmm. you couldn't really prevent. Um, which it's a great story. I'm super sorry. I love that you've you've been holding on to the story since 1986. Uh, but it doesn't it doesn't get it doesn't get there. But I am really surprised that we have added our first two entrants into the Hall of Fame. Like we need to think of ways to remember these. Like so, we have Bluefoot yeah. Dave and, uh, <laughs> and Purple Hand Emil. <laughs> So that's a theme. That's yeah. There is a theme. Uh, there is a theme. Please, please send in your horror stories. You can email them to hello at penaddict.com. hello at penaddict.com. Hello at penaddict.com is the place to send those in because we want detail. Detail is important, so email is best for the horror stories. I think detail is detail is key. Um, please send those in if you have them. Um, we love to see them. And if anything, uh, I hope that it brings some closure to uh, the people that uh, that have gone through this uh, in their lives. I love it. Oh my! I love it. Wonderful. <laughs> special, Thank you so special, much. Sh- special shout out to Andrew in the chat room. This was his idea. I, I I think I said that the first time we read these stories, but this was a wonderful idea, Andrew. I'm glad we could uh, integrate this into the show on occasion. This yep. is uh, this is wonderful. This is well it. worth it. Thank you so much to Kane 11 Harry's, and StoryWorth for their support. Thank you so much for listening. You can find show notes this week at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 336. You can find Brad at penaddict.com. He's DowDeism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike. I am Y-K-E. Uh, we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.